Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our lives. God, we just ask that you allow us to just receive your word, allow our hearts to be um, just softened and melted for you, God. Allow us to appreciate you, Father God, and, and just allow us to just move forward in our walk with you, God. Allow us to you know, be diligent, allow us to enjoy your righteousness, the righteousness that you give us each and every day that you show us that we should be. Father God, let us embrace what the plans that you have for us, God. And and thank you so much for giving us your Holy Spirit. And so God, we just ask that you just allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, God. Let us be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, thank you so much for filling me up. I just ask that you lead me in this discussion. Allow me to discuss everything that I need to discuss today. Do not allow me. Don't, don't let me forget anything. Um, but most importantly, God, please allow your will to be done. Allow me to influence others through the power of the Holy Spirit, God. Allow us all, each and everywhere we go, let us impact others through the power of your Holy Spirit. No matter what they are going through, no matter what they're experiencing, God, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to influence each and every person that we come in contact with. And most importantly, Lord, we just want to thank you and we appreciate you. We ask that you just continue to remove every obstacle out of our paths in Jesus' name. We take our thoughts into captivity right now for anything that would exalt itself above your knowledge, God. And we make our thoughts obedient to you right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that we have favor. We ask that you continue to you keep us 10,000 steps ahead of every situation and circumstance, making sure that no man shall deceive us because we have the mind of Christ and therefore no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. It is sealed in your blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Lost Life and Help. Let's talk about it. So, um, I want to continue on in the discussion of women's health. Okay. The number one thing right now is this is a very trending topic. And I'm going to uh, tell you a few things that I believe that the Lord was giving me to talk about. Um, so, I was just going to talk about how women has an influence women has a strong influence and also um i am gonna still talk about what um some things that i was talking about yesterday in regards to women and how um eve was deceived and because of her pleasures and those sorts of things and what we can do as women in order to enhance the quality of life for not just members in our household, but also extending out of our household. You know, how are we influencing the community? How are we influencing the neighbors and stuff like that? The people that we come in contact with. Um, all of these things is so important. Okay. So let me get, just get right to it. And I do apologize about the long delay. I was actually in a meeting um, I was handling some business, so I really do um, apologize about that. 
And so um, that, that shouldn't happen again. That was really something that was out of my means of control. I wanted to make sure that I was able to handle that um, business. And that was something that was pertaining to my school. And so I'm really excited. I want to let you all know that I've been accepted at the new school. And I'm so excited. Yes, I am. And so... I was uh, talking to someone um, to help me figure out my classes and my transfer credits. And so she was doing something for me as a courtesy. And I really appreciate that. Um, and it was no way that she could look up the information online. So I had to verbally give her that information. And it was kind of a rigorous description that she had to input into the system. So I do apologize about that long wait. Now, let me get right into the word today. Let's uh, let me share my screen. OK, so I was talking about the fall of Adam and Eve yesterday and how it can um, really sort of correlate with the lifestyle of a lot of people today. So we see yesterday just um, to go over uh, the discussion a, a bit was um i raised a bunch of questions about how eve she was easily enticed in the garden she focused more so about on her own pleasures she even took her pleasures and um influenced her husband uh adam and so after she ate the, fr the fruit because it was pleasing to her eye the fruit um of the tree she thought it was good for food um she also said that it was desirable to her for gaining wisdom so we see all of these things. So she took some and she ate it because she had these desires. And a lot of time we as women, we're going to go out here in this world and you're going to see a lot of different things. You're going to see men driving nice cars. Some men have, uh, you know, their, their socioeconomic status is really pretty much determined by the type of car they drive or the type of house that they live in. Right. And also their job. What type of job are they having? So I would say. For me, I, I and I actually, I, I believe I need to slow down a little bit with talking so fast. So let me know if I'm talking too fast or if I need to repeat something, because sometimes I can elaborate or reiterate things a little bit too much. So I just want to make sure that I'm making the, the point. Um, So for me, uh, for instance, I I was once approached by a guy um, and this isn't just once. This is multiple times people guys are always talking about their cars and so this one guy he was like yeah you know i um i got some this car and it got 20 folds on me. you ain't see me riding and i was like no absolutely not i don't pay attention to stuff like that and so when i told him that his face kind of like looked he looked down like you know um and so the reason why i wanted to bring that up was because those type of things are not something that enticed me i have been in a vehicle where the vehicle was we was um robbed and um so i don't like those type of vehicles so if i see somebody driving in that type of car i'm not gonna be like i'm not really looking at them i'm not it doesn't catch my attention so that is something that i probably would be ignoring for the simple fact that i don't need to drive around in a car that has 20 folds on it why do i need to have that i that's too much attention i don't like drawing attention to myself um and secondly it'll cause other people to just 
hate on you for no apparent reason. And, and so it's probably no reason in your mind, but in their mind, they have a reason to. And so their reason is, okay, well, why are you driving in this nice car? You must have some money. You know, those type of cars are for show. Those are car show type of vehicles. They shouldn't be driven around in everyday type of neighborhoods. And, and let me explain this. Oh, God, Lord Jesus, help me. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. So those type of vehicles, actually, you probably wondering, like, what does this have to do with women's health? It has everything to do with women's health. For one, a woman is impacted by her surroundings and so if you're if you're inspired by what you see this man driving a vehicle that could potentially put you in danger and it isn't about okay well if you if you buy something you should be able to ride in it you should be able to do whatever you choose to do because you worked hard for your car and you know you you are the one who invested your hard working money into purchasing you know these rims this is this is this is the thoughts of that man. So why should he feel like he shouldn't have to, you know, um, be uncomfortable with riding in a vehicle like that? Well, for one, I would say that, like I said, it draws too much attention. And those type of attention seekers are not going to have a lot of uh, prosperity. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because you're going into a community that is uh many times are like impoverished communities and people are going to be like well wait a minute who who you think you are you coming in over here in our neighborhood and everyone is going to be looking at you so because they're like okay this is an attention seeker so when i see cars like that it's an attention seeker and also a person who is looking for the wrong type of attention it's like okay why do you need all of that that's like a sign of adhd you know that's a health condition and i just think that you know that is not something that we need to be so um attached to those type of things is not going to allow you to live a comfortable life for instance if you go to a third world country and you have water you have lots of bottles of water but instead of you offering this water to people that don't have the water you're drinking the water in front of them how can that be fair and so water is something that should be uh it's just a right you everyone should have access to clean water everyone should be able to have access to you know uh clean drinking water whether if it's in a faucet or if it's a bottle water everyone in the world should have access to clean drinking water but they don't and so if you're going into countries where they don't have access to clean drinking water and you have a clean drinking water, that wouldn't be fair for them to see, you know, you drinking clean drinking water and they are not drinking clean drinking water. So in the same aspect, you have to consider, okay, so you're in this neighborhood, you're flashing all of this money. You come in, and I and I'm am including the, the fact that many people who drive in those type of vehicles, and I'm not trying to stereotype. I am simply using an analogy, which is an example. I'm providing this example because these are the are the some of the things that men are doing in order to impress some women, and so the women in turn they are going out here and they are trying to 
you know, uh, attach themselves to that type of lifestyle. Okay, so I want a man that's flashy. I want a man that has a pocket for the money. I want a man that has, you know, nice rims and sounds. That's the type of man that I want because I think that that's what's up, you know, or I think that that's cute. But really, in actuality, you're making yourself become a target. You're making yourself be a target for people that are less fortunate than you. What about individuals in the community who can't feed their kids? And they like, look, man, I'm trying to get a job. This dude riding around, he got 24s. He got a pocket full of money and they don't know you. You don't know what a person is willing to do. So it is better for for you to think smart and to be wise. And the way you be wise is it's not about the type of vehicle that you're driving, but it's about what type of credit are you building? Instead of you investing into this car, you putting all your money into some rims that's gonna depreciate the value. You're out here stunning with all this money, reinvesting it into alcohol and drugs and also women and, and you know other vehicles and stuff like that that isn't helping you in the long time so when when you're looking at when you're looking at longevity for your life and for your future you have to consider what's more important is it for me to invest in things that's going to depreciate in value or could i make it a different type of investment that's going to have long-term effects in my life and so what could that be that could be you making an investment into your credit get you some credit builder accounts and then you you invest in those you spend five or twelve five hundred to a thousand dollars a month rebuilding your credit or establishing you some credit that's way more of an effective approach than you sitting in here investing in, into these realms just to impress who some women and, and and the type of women that you're going to impress isn't going to be the the type of woman that that man can when he came to me asking me did i see his car i'm like no i don't pay attention to anything like that he said you you sure you ain't seeing me riding around here i'm the only one with the 24s in the green car no i have not i have not seen you okay <laughs> i was not paying attention to that i don't pay attention to stuff like that i don't want to look at i'm that that is so far from my radar okay that is no that is no to the no 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 and no again all right so that is not something that i am even enticed by at all so what i'm saying is it's a, there are a lot of men out here that drives around in those type of vehicles and they don't have good credit and instead of them having you know uh, multiple bank accounts they have multiple shoes but no bank account you know so it's important to look at your lifestyle and prioritize what is in happening in your life that is causing you to do some of the things that you do and so when you look at you when we look at the the influence that women have on our community because we are women and so we have a significant influence in the way you know um everyone is being perceived for instance many men they go out here they buy the type of car they get because they want to impress a woman yes they like the car but they know that it's going to attract these type of certain type of women you know so that they have a certain type of woman in mind that they're trying to attract you know for instance a man that is you know buying a car that is a luxury vehicle 
he it's a certain type of woman that that man wants to be riding in his passenger seat right it's a certain type of woman that the man who riding on 24s it's a certain type of woman that he wants in his passenger seats okay so all of these things is interrelated okay they're intertwined together basically the intersectionality of well this meets here so the x meets this axis x and y axis intersects so this woman this man is intertwining interrelated with each other because they have the same type of attractions so you have to understand that you know when you're when with adam and eve here we see that in verse 4 genesis 3 and 4 it says you will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman for god knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil so for instance you may think that oh it's nothing but a car it's nothing but some rims it's nothing but some sounds like, okay, I mean, that's the way I used to be thinking too. You know, it's nothing but a car. It's nothing but some rims. But like, would you ride a Bentley every single day and you you ride it in a neighborhood where no one has nice cars? You know, let me explain to you all. Let me explain this. When I was getting my undergrad degree, we, we had talked about um, the broken windows model. And so the broken windows model is um so many people that are in um that are getting their undergrad degree in like political science or something like that so that's what i was going to school and i was taking political science classes and so one of the classes we specifically talked about the uh broken windows model and so the broken windows model is when a you drive through a neighborhood and in that neighborhood you see you you don't know anything about the neighborhood okay and so all you see is broken windows and boarded up windows and so this is an indication that is it tells you that you are now entering into an impoverished community and so let's see if i can find that online um this is actually called the broken windows model let's see if i can get the definition to that know what's happening here hold on like my video is going on and off one second okay there we go so let's see if i pull this up oh the screen is just bouncing out of control one moment See if I could just pull it up without the um, video. Broken windows model. Okay. Let me put the video back on. Let's see if it works. Okay. Okay. So the broken windows theory. Now I don't know. Sometimes psychology today just it's really pretty much talk about what they want. Let's see what it says. So. Uh, it says the broken windows theory. This is reviewed by psychology today staff. The broken windows theory states that visible signs of disorder and misbehavior in an environment encourage further disorder and misbehavior, leading to serious crime. So the principle was basically developed 
to explain the decay of neighborhoods, but it's just, it is often applied to work in educational environments. And so, um, I don't know why they call it the broken windows theory. Um, so what do broken windows mean? Okay, so the broken windows are a metaphor for any visible sign of disorder in an environment that goes untended. This may include small crimes, acts of vandalism, drunken or disorderly conduct, etc. Being forced to confront minor problems can heavily influence how people feel about their environment, particularly, particularly their sense of safety. So what is an example of a broken windows theory? So an example is, um, and lower income Chicago residents have created over 800 community gardens and urban farms out of burnt buildings and vacant lots. Now, instead of having trouble finding fresh produce, these neighborhoods have become go-to food destinations. The example of the broken windows theory benefits the people by lowering temperatures in overheated cities, increasing socialization, reducing stress, and teaching children about nature. So actually, this really works. So I'm from Chicago. So they're like in, I guess, from the community where I'm in, I think it's only one, one community garden. And so that one community garden is, I never see a lot of people go there, but I'm sure like it's, I think they go from the park district. So that's really good. The people from the park go, but I don't see too many people in our community that have like really utilized the community garden. But it is an effective approach that has been taken to combat these uh, broken windows, uh, broken window theories. But the point of the matter is this, okay? When when we're going through these type of neighborhoods, there are going to be a lot of different misconceptions. So it's like this: you are going to drive in your Bentley, right? Are you going to ride around in an unknown neighborhood with a Bentley? with a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket you know so like you're looking to become a target you know basically you are putting yourself in a situation that is an unnecessary situation so you want to minimize those type of unnecessary situations for the simple fact that you're not going to ride in an unknown neighborhood flaunting around a hundred thousand dollars in a broken windows model neighborhood where you see you know they have a broken glass um basically what the broken windows theory talks about so the broken windows theory is the just that they have broken windows and this is a sign that you're now entering into an impoverished neighborhood so these type of neighborhoods is not something that i wouldn't say the most smartest person is not going to drive in the community with a bentley or a rolls royce every single day with over a hundred thousand dollars in a pocket you riding in the community you don't know come on now i don't care how tough you are you're gonna have security bodyguards and guns okay so the point of the point that i'm trying to make here is this people are influenced by their environment and by the people that they interact with so women we do have a very significant influence in the type of behavior that males play in our community so many men they are going to drive around in a certain type of vehicle and they're going to be looking for a certain type of woman to sit on the passenger seat because that's the type of woman they know exactly what type of woman is going to like that vehicle right and so that's the type of woman they're going to get so are many of these men getting the ease out here 
And so that's what I, me and, me and my daughter, we actually have conversations about being an Eve, okay? Because we don't want to be Eves, all right? And so um, it's so important that it's, it's like similar before when I talked about, I talked about my relationship with my mom and I've talked about my relationship with my grandmother. And so my mom, she just, you know, like my mom has never been married. Even with my dad, my dad was a very good dad and he had to pay child support and she still spent all of that money and he still took care of us. So, and she still spent that money too. And so, um, she only had me and my sister and my dad only had me and my sister. So we are their only children. And what's the interesting part about it is that my dad really was a hardworking man. My mom just, she just did not want to get married. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, her mom, which is my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. I love her so much. We're so close. And she had eight kids with one man, which is my granddad. And I love both of them so much. I actually used to look up to my grandmother because she is just a strong, powerful woman who stood her ground. And so, yes, like, I love my mom, but I, I don't want to adopt those ideologies. I don't want to be like my mom. Uh, of course, I want to be married. I want to have a family, have kids. I don't know why she didn't want to do that, but that's not something that she wanted to do. Um, so, getting back on, the, on the, the matter at hand, it's like, you know, sometimes you're going to have people involved in your life that they're going to influence you because you have to think we're living in a world that's full of influences. If it was not so, you have businesses who pay millions of dollars every year just to market to you. You have Nike spending millions of dollars to market to you. You they they are doing marketing strategies every single day. They do competitive market analysis. I'm not sure if every single organization does that because you have to have some pretty good marketers in order to be uh conducting these competitive market analysis. But I'm just saying they're doing these type of analysis and they're marketing to you. They're paying thousands upon millions of dollars to influence your decision into purchasing products. So you have to understand, even when you are a thorough person, for me, I, I know and I consider myself to be a very thorough, honest person, real, okay? And so I be like, I used to be like, no, no, no. See, you can't influence me. Uh-uh, I'm, I'm one of a thing. Okay, I have my own man, you know. I'm not into that. What all I'm trying to say is this is that everybody is influenced by something you are going to be influenced whether you like it or whether you don't you're going to be directly influenced or indirectly influenced and so men are influenced by women and they also compete with each other because they want to try to have the best house the best car the best job for who not for themselves, right? Not for them because they could just have all of these things by themselves, but that wouldn't work because a, a man wants to have the right type of woman on the side of him. And so that is something that we all influence each other, okay? And so the man, you have to figure out if you're picking one of these Eves out here, and that's the, so important. These are discussions that I have with my son. And so today, I guess I'm giving you all so many examples 
because I can only really speak from my experience. I do have empathy um, for many people in different situations, but I can't speak on situations that I haven't been in. I can only empathize and sympathize with those type of situations. And so that's what I'm saying. I've had discussions with my with my kids, my boys. Like, look, you don't you don't want to choose no Eve because those Eves are the ones who's really controlling. They're very demanding. And um, my my boys are not going to be controlled by uh, an Eve. All right. Because Eves are what make the men passive. And as a, as men out there, men should not want to have passivity. They should really actually stand up and say, look, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh, my, my, one of my sons, he said, mom, I said, I said, you know, um, well, maybe you should date outside your race. Okay. Cause me and my son, we was having a discussion about this and you know, it was just like, it was, he was having a difficult time and I seen, I say, well, you know, it's like. I mean, if, if they say they believe in God, but they don't really understand that you can't, you don't suppose to control. You you can't, you don't have control over anything in this world but yourself. You are in control of your actions. You are in control with the way you respond and the way that you react to things. That is just how we should be perceiving things as women. Now, when you go out in this world, you can go and dominate the workforce. You can go and dominate the work culture. You can go and dominate in these areas. You should be a catalyst, as my pastor said. Be a catalyst. Dominate. We're going to dominate because that's what we do. We dominate. But when you're in a household, that is not something that we should be trying to do as women. Because it's an order in place for a reason. And each time that that order is gone outside of that order, then that's when you have to think about the fall of Adam and Eve. Because God wants us to acknowledge this. Look at this. You have to look at the accountability here. If you look at Genesis 3 and we go to Genesis 3 and verse, um, let's look at uh, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He called to the man. He didn't call to the woman. Period. God communicated directly with Adam. And so if God is calling you, you are the man, right? But... Look at what Adam did in verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was a naked. So I hid. So this is the first instance where we see men making an excuse. See, you are not supposed to walk around making an excuse. Oh, okay. Well, see, the only reason why your life is the way it is because see, you was involved in this wrong relationship. And because she did this and she did that. See, I don't want no man coming around me and you think that you about to be my husband, but you done been contaminated by the eaves and stuff like that. I don't I don't want to make time for that. You understand? You have to know your authority because I want to ask you a whole bunch of questions and I want to know what to do. Right? That's the type of woman that I am. So I'll be like, uh, yeah, so I got this going on and I just don't know what to do. What do you think? It's like I need some advice. Okay. And I don't want no advice. From an unsure person or a, a man is uncertain about life. Like that is no, I don't want to do that. 
So just understand this, that if you're out here making an excuse, this is what Adam did. You, If you have any type of signs that you need to understand, it's in the Bible. The Bible teaches you everything that you need to understand. No, I'm trying to explain it right now. Eve made Adam passive. Not just passive, but she influenced him to make an excuse. God is going through the garden and he calls the man. This is a clear indication that the man is who? The man is the head. God created Adam in his image. I don't have to, I shouldn't have to keep explaining that. Okay. It is evident. This is evident that God created the man to be the head. So he makes an excuse. He said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. It don't matter if you was naked. <laughs> you understand? It doesn't matter about any of that. God called you. Don't make an excuse. And I think like one time, like in my, my last relationship, I had like a long debate about what an excuse is. So like, I think that an excuse should be defined. Okay. Because there are men out here that's making excuses, men and women, right? Women are not exempt from this. But in order to understand the fall, you have to first understand what caused it. And what caused it, it was Eve's influence and her level of support to their marriage. She provided support for him to do something that goes against their blessing. God blessed them with everything. All the dominion, all the animals, they got everything, everything. They, were, they wasn't lacking in anything. So she convinced him to go against what God's plan was for his life. She convinced him, oh my Lord Jesus, all of the, everything is now reset on my computer and I do not know why. It's just all white screens. So the screen share is still there. Um, but let me just continue. I can't let that distract me. I'm going to stop sharing. Um, so we see that Eve, oh Lord Jesus, I'm going to share it again. So we see that Eve, she, the, the level of support that she gave him was disobedience. So sometimes you're going to get, you're going to get support from these women out here that it's going to tell you, oh, see, you just like your daddy. You just like this. See, you ain't going to have nothing. You ain't going to be able to get that job. Why are you going to that job? Why are you trying to get that car? The woman is going to bring you down. And the, the reason why is because it started with Eve. And so if you're dating an Eve, you have to look at the Eve qualities. That woman is going to want you to do things that's pleasing to her. And, and not what's beneficial to your longevity. And see, it's not really about, you know, uh, it's not about whether or not she should 
really be encouraging you it's just about the her mindset see god said not to be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and see i talked about the women on um, being a submissive wife or a girlfriend forever and then i talked about all the of uh, on mother's day i had talked about how it was a lot of submissive women out here and i did some examples too i gave some examples and a lot of women when they talked about being submissive they had uh changed and recanted their submissiveness because they are celebrities and they didn't want to be you know looked looked down upon because they submissive i'm gonna tell you right now i am a submissive woman so if anybody wanted to know the secret how I stay in a relationship for a very long time, it's because I am a submissive woman. And I have always been a submissive woman. And so um, I think some of y'all know that and some of y'all don't. Y'all just be like, oh my God, how do how do that man, that man just love to mess out, out of her. So, you know, you just have to understand it isn't about, it isn't about, um, I don't really think it is about really what you do. It's just about how supportive you are and how submissive you are. And it's like God put that in us for a reason. So it's so important to make sure that you're uplifting the person that you're with. Because if you, as, as they grow, your relationship grow as well. And as they improve in their life, you improve as well. So if they're stressed, you should value what their level of importance is. So if if they tell you something, you should value that. You should pay attention to it. It's like keyword indicators. It's about making sure, okay, well, I'm not feeling good today. And I know you're not, but, you know, I want you to listen to me. You know, and it's not about like forcing your thoughts and forcing this. You know, you just got to let people be. Because remember, as long as you remember in your mind, that you do not have control over anyone, anyone at all. You don't have control over anyone. A person is going to do what they choose to do. They're going to love you voluntarily. We, like we love God. We love God voluntarily. I love God voluntarily. It's not involuntary. You can't come in my life and influence me about my Lord Jesus Christ, who I know for a fact that been there for me. You know, I, I, I didn't face death so many times. Like, I've been around some people that have done some things. Look, I understand God. God is active in my life. And so, God has delivered me, okay? And so, that, that means a lot. So, you have to take a stand for what you believe and understand that God wants you to do better. And if you're in any type of environment that isn't allowing your growth, then that is not something that you should be around. But you have to understand it's sin. And so, like, last year, <laughs> well, actually, like, the last two years. So, when I was in my last relationship, so he used to, like, really get upset because we wasn't intimate. And so I was like, well, you know, like last year we was intimate, like probably twice. And then a year before that, it was probably like a, a couple times, but it wasn't a lot. And I just felt like every time I would be intimate, I felt like something bad would happen. And it's like, well, wait a minute. See, I don't need to fornicate. I don't want to fornicate anymore. Because every time that I'm fornicating with you, I might have a meeting somewhere and now the meeting is going bad and it was, it was like god was showing me that when you have sin in your relationship 
then you're not going to be blessed. So really, in actuality, if you serve sin, you serve Satan, and therefore you lose. You know, so and and then it's like no, okay. So let me let me give God a chance and, and let me see what God is really saying with this fornication, right? So like I would have like these strong desires sometimes to you know fornicate, but I didn't do it, and I'd be like, okay, so we're not gonna do this. I don't I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so I just felt like God was really improving my life. So I haven't been intimate since June 10th of 2022. Yay. But that's not the longest I've, I've held off, right? Um, What's really important is what type of dedication is the woman that you're pursuing? What type of dedication do she have? And so I know that this is a women's podcast, but... First of all, I need the women to understand how we're projecting ourselves onto the men, right? Because if you are a woman that's so easily enticed by this and easily enticed by that, so now you're so upset that he won't take out the garbage, and so now you're ready for a divorce. So now you're upset because he wouldn't mop the floor, and so he didn't mop the floor the way you wanted him to, and now you're ready to separate. It's like, wait a minute, where is your tough skin at? God didn't make you weak like that. God didn't tell you to give up on your marriage because of that. I mean, I went through a lot of stuff, you know. Um, one of the main reasons why I stayed with my ex-husband so long is because he started being honest about everything. He would be like, yeah, I have a sex addiction. And I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, I love you. But why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why? Why you got to go through that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> help. God help us. And it's like when a person has a sex addiction, you want to say, okay, well, wait. Well, I want to learn how to please you sexually. So instead of me, you know, like wanting him to be with another woman, I would try to learn every single thing that I could to become the best sex partner that he ever had. Because that's what I wanted to do. If I, I want to please my husband, that's the number one thing. And so for me to please him sexually, I need to learn what I'm doing. I need to do this the right way. So it wasn't just about me, you know, like trying to figure out how to be the, just the best sex partner. But then now I want to I wanna look at all of this porn and I want to know which is the best type of porn to do. And so that was from my secular perspective. But really, what I should have been doing is tackling it from a spiritual perspective and saying, you know what, God, that's a demonic attachment that he had. Those are satanic soul ties that he had. We won't let it go. So he had these attachments because of the soul ties that he has shared with other women. And so I wasn't looking at it like that. Maybe it's because I was so young. But, you know, when I think about it, I just knew that I loved my husband. And I didn't care about him having a sex addiction. I was still going to stay with him because that was my husband. So if we had to, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about no other woman like that because I know that that's mine. He's my husband. So I don't care about... uh you know, him being, you know, attracted to other women, whatever he had going on, it didn't bother me. Um, it was really just really about making sure that 
you know, our communication level was open. You know, like, how are you feeling? You know, like, what are you feeling when you want to think about being with someone else? Like, what, what are your thoughts at that moment? You know, what's causing you to feel that? Like, I want to know. I want to go to counseling. I want to talk about all this stuff. So, it's like when you love a person, you're just not going to give up on them when you see them going through something. And so, that was a weakness that he had, you know. But it wasn't like something that I wasn't used to because I got used to it. I've been knowing this man since I was 11 years old. So, it was just like, you know, I, I know how he is. So, that's not something that is gonna break our marriage up because he just want to go out here and do something he would be like yeah i did it i'll be like well why well you know you you weren't here and um you don't care about having sex and so this is like open discussion you know like okay so i could see how i kind of contributed to that you know what i'm saying but at the same time it's about you having self-discipline you know, so it's about having mature conversations because you want to be mature and you want to have a good relationship and you want to have a good marriage. But, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't the reason for our divorce. The reason for our divorce was because of the lack of uh, confidence. You know, I feel like, you know, when you are married to somebody, you all you should be inspired. You should be encouraged. And once you lose up, once you lose that or you give up, because of external external reasons you can't be doing that type of stuff yes the pressure gonna come but you have to keep going and you have to keep moving so enough about that right because god delivered me from that situation and with some other things going on so we was fighting and doing other stuff so i'm glad i'm no longer a part of that type of life um but at the same time do i think that it's still like some emotions there sometimes i do feel like he has strong feelings for me and i know that he does so i don't really pay attention to it i keep him in my prayers and if he need me for anything i'm gonna be there to support him and whoever he in a relationship with so that's the way i feel because my my son my my kids still a, a goal there and that's where they at so i'm gonna be there as a support system and that's it it's nothing it's nothing more than that nothing it doesn't exceed past that so um so me being the woman that i am i don't allow those type of external influences to dictate my love for a person so we as women we have to understand that we're not going to always go through life with everything being all precious and nice right so the man he may not take out the garbage you know and my my situation was a bit extreme yours may not be that extreme but you know um when it comes to being responsible you know i always had everything that i felt like that i want you know and when it comes to material things but it wasn't a lot that i wanted so that's the thing it's like i don't want to be that type of female that type of woman that is inspired by material possessions and the num excuse me the number one reason for that is because of eve i don't want to be an eve so growing up i seen my mom she always had like everything like material stuff like when i tell you 
my family literally go through the neighborhood and they they will make sure that everybody in the whole neighborhood have something for Christmas, for have something for holidays. And my mom, she literally, her generosity, her philanthropy, she really, really gives to entire families. And when I say that, she has storage units worth of brand new stuff that she goes and just gives away to people. So she buys things and she'll buy them for the whole entire family and then she'll go and give it to them for christmas so if you got seven kids you better be sure all your kids gonna have about 10 to 15 toys for christmas from her each child so that's just the way she is and she's been like that pretty much my whole life so i really that's where i i know for sure that my benevolence come from um, so I really, really enjoy seeing other people do good. And, and then it bothers me when I, when they're not. And so I just have to, I feel like I'm, it's my obligation to make sure that, especially if I, if I, it's, if it's within my means to do it, you know, I'm going to go and get you something to eat, you know, or I'm going to give you $50 if you out there with the sign. I don't care what you do with it. I just know that what I'm going to pray for you, God going to help you. So, you know, I just want you to, I want you to be inspired, right? So that's the, the mindset that I have. So when it comes to being able to have generosity, we have to be generous up with it from our heart. We have to love people genuinely. We have to care about them and be genuinely caring, Right. And so what does that look like? Does that mean that you get mad at this man because he ain't took out the garbage? I tell, look, I tell my son, my kids, and my ex-husband, I am not a garbage attendant. I don't uh, I don't attend to the garbage. And I'm not a, a, a floor monitor. I'm not about to monitor if the floor is mopped. If you know that it needs to be mopped, you need to mop it. You see that the garbage needs to be taken out, you need to take it out. I'm not a monitor of that. So I don't like it. You know that the grass needs to be cut, so you need to go out there and do it. I'm not about to sit up. I have other stuff to do than have to remind a person of the necessary things that need to be done. So, But that, that doesn't mean that you divorce a person because of that. So a lot of times... There you have these small conversations that that tend to go uh, and turn into big big conflicts, right? So you have all of these uh, risk risk factors that's taking place in your relationship. Oh, if you say this, she gonna want to put you out. If you do this, he gonna want to leave you. If oh, he be I'm tired of this. So it's just like debate, argue, debate, argue. You know how can you minimize those things? So the number one thing that I understand. The way I try to do stuff is I try to focus on the solution. And um, so, yes, you're you, you going to be doing stuff that I may not like, but I want to exhaust every possibility of making this situation work before I just give up. So the way I did in a marriage, I went to counseling. I went to a premarital pre counseling. I knew that we were unequally yoked. So God wasn't really like included in that situation because the pastor was like, you know, you, you all are unequally yoked. And so that what that means is when you're unequally yoked with someone and they don't believe and have the same beliefs as you, it's about what the Bible says to me. And you look in Corinthians, I, I think it's first Corinthians. Um, let's see, hold on. Then unequally yoked. So when you're unequally yoked, 
Um, what happens is, is that it's this second Corinthians. So the second Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Um, it talks about not being on. It says second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 and 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever and what agreement has the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk among them I will be their God and they shall be my people therefore come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So now, now, peep, understand what this scripture is saying. It's saying that don't be unequally yoked, okay, with unbelievers. So now let me take you to another scripture. Okay, so here we go. This is another scripture here. And um, this is where I was talking about in 1 Corinthians. So if you turn to 1 Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 14 to 16. Okay, wait a minute. I want to look at this whole thing. I want to just look at um, verse 14. I don't want to look at the King James. I want to look at the NIV version. Okay. So it says, now for the, the matters that you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality, and so what, I already explained this scripture already, okay? So what this scripture is saying is that it is not good for a man to just be having relations, sexual relations with just you no know, any woman. Because the subsequent scripture that follows this is verse 2. And it says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. So what this means is that these two verses, verse one and two, is overlapping. They have intersectionality. So what the first verse is saying is not good for a man to have sexual relations with a woman. That is basically saying, but since sexual immorality is occurring, right? So it's not good to have sexual relations at all if you're not married. That's what this scripture is mean. Um, many people, they don't like, they, they read the verse and then they still don't understand. But that's because God allowed them to follow the desires of their wickedness, of their hearts. So a lot of times um, you, you the, they read the word and they don't understand it. It's because God abandons them to their desires. So look, let's let me. That's another scripture focusing. I'm I'm trying to focus on this one. So this is verse two. It says, uh, "But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have a sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise to the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. So this is something that I know for sure that." You know, um, the only time that the wife shouldn't be having sex is, is during the time of agreement. Like if you're fasting or if you're just, you know, like uh, consecrating yourself and, um, you know, you just don't want to do that. So you made an agreement with your husband 
or or the, the husband also with the wife that they're not going to have intimacy so actually you don't want to deprive your spouse of sexual intimacy that's what this means okay so it says the wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife and so this can cause problems if you are not doing you know like what you're supposed to do in the marriage so that's why i kind of like felt bad set about not having sex because i wasn't always i'm i'm busy i'm doing other stuff i'm you know going out into the world just you know trying to maintain school job career and you know like that was a lot so in verse five it says do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so for a time when when it says time there that means that you don't want to do exceed the amount of time that you've agreed to your with your spouse because and this is for a very specific amount of time and it's not just saying for a time like how we would say oh just give me a minute i'll be there or give me a few you know that's not what this scripture means it means something totally different it's when it says for a time it's saying like you need to be very specific about this okay so that you may devote yourselves to prayer so you're going to have mutual consent so you devote yourselves to prayer then you come together again so that setting will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control and so god you know god see that it's always going to be uh self-control issues like i talked about this on a previous podcast so if you have a cheating spouse what do you want to happen you want god to eliminate all the women in the world so your husband can only see you so you have to understand that you have to have some confidence you have to be able to have trust and build trust in your marriage yes if you have a cheating spouse or a cheating uh husband and and he's constantly doing it you have to seek help so you could go to counseling identify what the problems are or are you just going to divorce right so um it's really about some people they do lack self-control and identifying that self-control and identifying those problems will allow that person to be able to grow or improve in their life or that it could lead to their detriment right so in verse six i say this as a concession not as a command i wish that all of you were as i am but each of you has your own gift from god one has this gift another has that and it says now to the unmarried and the widows i say it is good for them to stay unmarried as i do but if they cannot control themselves see this is another mention about control if you can't control yourself your sexual desires they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion so it is better to marry than to burn with lust right um so to marry i give this command this is a verse 10 not i but the lord a wife must not separate from her husband but if she does she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and a husband must not divorce his wife okay now there's two instances where you can get a divorce and i will explain that in a bit so to the rest i say this i not the lord if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him he must not divorce her so you see this 
So this is going from 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 18, where it says, do not be unequally yoked, right? But in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 12, to the rest, I say, if my brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. So in verse 13, and if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. So you see, if you are a willing party, a willing person, a willing male married to a woman that is an unbeliever, if you are a willing woman who is married to a unbelieving male, okay, because that's what it says specifically here, all right, male, brother, you know, that's male, okay not woman and woman or male and male all right so that's very specific all right so this is in the bible this is what the word of god says it's not about what we believe um what it should say it's not about what we believe it should say it's about what the bible actually says so the bible is god's authoritarian authoritarian word authoritative word and that's what we have to consider so it doesn't say woman and woman it doesn't say man and man it says, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. See that? Damn, just like that. So an unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. And the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. So, an unbeliever married to a person who's a believer, the believing wife, the believing husband sanctifies their marriage. So, that's what allowed me to continue on in the marriage because I know that we were unequally yoked, but... I knew that with me believing that it will sanctify our marriage. And so that was the goal. Um, the problem with this, and I'm gonna I really want to explain this, is that um <laughs> this is so funny because uh you know God wants us to be ahead, you know. God wants us to include him, and and so the word of God tells us everything that we should do. But it's like your mind will tell you, okay, I I think I want to do this instead. Because this is God is still saying we can't do this. You know, it's kind of like doing the thing that Eve did. Right? It did I not do the thing that Eve did? When we go back to Genesis, we go back to Genesis and we go to verse 2. Genesis 3, verse 2. The woman said to the serpent. We may eat. No, no, no. Let's go to verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? This is what the serpent is saying to the woman. Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from the tree? <laughs> right? And so you look at two, it's like the woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, 
But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. So now she's trying to justify a means to an end. But God did say this, though. That's like what I was doing in that marriage. When it, <laughs> when I went through premarital counseling and they say you're unequally yoked. And, and I'm like, well, wait, the, the, the scriptures say, it do say that the believing wife will sanctify the marriage. So that means that by me believing in God, I'm sanctifying my marriage still. Okay, so let me, let me just explain what that did. For me thinking like an Eve, because that's what it was, right? That's the way I perceive it now, looking back at myself, at my decision. I say, okay, that was a E type of behavior. Because that's how I analyze stuff. Specifically, when I'm making decisions as a woman, I need to make sure I'm staying away from, I'm staying clear and far away from being any type of Eve. Okay? And so... At this time, I wasn't. I'm justifying the means to an end by saying, okay, I can stay with him because I'm a believer. But what, what it really did was it set me back, right? Because God has already positioned the husband that he wanted for me. God has already positioned the wife that God wants for you. But instead... We are out here making decisions without God being included because we're like, oh, see, I, I really like you. I, I, I love you. I, I've been with you so long. I don't care. Right? So I'm sitting here making this, this worldly decision and encompassing and corp sponsoring the word of God. Like, oh, yeah, see, God said I could do this. See, don't be unequally yoked. But God did say I'm sanctifying the marriage, even though he don't believe in God. I believe in God. So God is still in my life. But understand what that did. It set me back. You understand? So God, and what I mean by setback, I, I don't mean like the, the, the blessings that I received in the marriage. The, my blessings was my children. I love my children. The blessings was the understanding that I had in this relationship, this marriage that I had. My my hu my ex-husband was very authoritarian. So when we discuss things, it's like, okay, no, this is what we're going to do. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to make this investment. Okay, and so, uh, so no, we're gonna get this car. Actually, we're gonna have these four cars, and then this is what this is the house we're gonna have. This is, you know, like he knows everything that we're gonna do. But like, it wasn't his money; it was my money. I listened to my husband at the time because that's my husband. That means that everything in his mind is his. It doesn't matter that society has created a way for me to advance and not for him to advance. It's my money, but it's, it's, his, it's his authority. You understand? You all have to understand. I don't think you understand in that part. So it's my money, my success, 
but we share in my money. We share in my success because his the resources are limited because the world doesn't advance him. The world was advancing me. And so as I advanced, my marriage advanced because the opportunity wasn't created for him. The opportunity was created for me, but I am going to make sure that I keep the order that God says. So that's the way that that was. Now, was I following every single thing that God want? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I was drinking. I was having fun at home. <laughs> you know, like, so I was doing a lot of different things that I wasn't always going to church, but I know for sure, for sure, God is in my heart and God is always in my life. So the point of the matter is this, being unequally yoked, having these attributes of Eve isn't going to cut it. So what happened was, yes, we have, we have financial blessings and yes, my husband has authority and yes, we have our kids are blessed because like I, I tell you one thing for sure. I don't care how many kids my, my ex-husband have. Those are my kids too. So if you want to have an attitude, you think you're going to take my husband from me, that's not going to happen. I'm not even going to argue about it. I have to go to work. I'm not going to sit on the phone another second and talk about this. I have things to do. So I still had to go to work and go to school even with things, you know, happening at home. Because it's not about that. It's about, I know that the problems that we're going through, we're going to overcome because we've overcome some pretty tough times. And so um, the point is, is that if I would have, if I would have married someone that I was equally owed to, I, I constantly think about how I am now. And making sure that the person that I am going to potentially have is they have to be equally yoked with me. You, there is no option for you not to believe in God. If you don't believe in God, then you go find you somebody else. Because I don't want to put up with that. All right. So reason why is because if, if you're unequally yoked from the start, God wants you to be a hundred steps ahead, but now instead you're 50 steps behind. You haven't even reached the mark to get even getting close to go. It's kind of like if you make an investment for, for some of y'all who like investing, like what about foreign exchange? There's a lot of people that's investing in foreign exchange, right? And so it's like, okay, well, what, what was your stop loss? It's like you haven't even you haven't even reached your limit, and now you didn't spend all your money. You didn't overexceeded your stop loss. So if you can understand that type of investment, or just think about this: now you're on, you're looking at the S and P. And, and now you done made this investment into gold. And now, because you thought gold was going up, and now gold just plummeted. It's like, ah. What you going to do now? You done invested in chocolate, $3,500 a share. Woo. And now, guess what? You didn't lost all your money because you didn't know that chocolate was seasonal. 
So it's about, okay, are you making the right decision? Are you aware? Are you, uh, you know, are you um, on point for this? Are you on point for your situation? Can you risk taking this chance and losing everything? And when I say losing everything, I mean losing what God has for you. Because that's what happened with sin. And you with somebody, if somebody is unequally yoked, what happened spiritually, things can happen in the spiritual realm that you don't even know about. It's like, oh, see, now this person just clearly still don't believe in God. And you keep wondering why you keep getting set back. It's because of the one that you chose, even though you're sanctified and you bring in sanctification in the marriage. That means you're going to have to, you, you have to grow as that person grow. If they're, if they're like 50 steps behind spiritually and they just still don't understand Corinthians. You have you can't move forward until you you're you guys are on one accord. So you have to understand spiritually what God is wanting to create with you. This is why it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I am a living experience as to why that is. Okay. And so this is um this is important. It's impair. It's very important to follow the rules of what God is saying to us. Because when you go outside of the scope of the rules, then that's when it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't know what to expect. Yes, God is going to be present in your life, but God is also going to teach that person that you're with how to grow. Because God will keep chasing you with His love. He keeps chasing people. And he's using you as a sanctified spouse to help that person become a believer. And until they become a believer, you're not going to be able to walk at your in your full authority until they're fully there. But if you're willing to deal with that, then that, that what that does is shows your unconditional love. So you have unconditional love for people. This is a this is a good thing. This is a, a great quality to have unconditional love so let's go back i want to go back to genesis so that you all can just understand that that was a, a eve type of decision so it's important for us not to be having these type of eve moments yes eve was the mother of mankind because she did she had you know it started with eve so you have to, you have to get that. You have to, but you still have to separate yourself from that. Separate yourself from what Eve did. The reason why is like, yeah, you grew up a certain way. Yeah, you grew up and you think that all the advice your grandma gave you was right. But your grandma, she had six different baby daddies and she wasn't married. So... Maybe some of the stuff your grandma and Gma was saying to you wasn't always right. You know, so you have to unlearn some things in order for you to get to where you need to be. Yeah, your dad, okay, well, yeah, he got he has money, but is he happy? You know, I, it, it's okay to have money, but are you happy? 
And I already talked about this. See, God allows the, the wealthy person. Let me go to that scripture. Let me get this in the Bible verse. I, um, this should be in Luke. I think it was Luke. Oh, no, this is in Ecclesiastics. Um, so this is Ecclesiastics 6 and 2. God gives some people wealth, possessions, and honor so that they lack nothing that their heart desires. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them. And strangers enjoy them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. You understand? So it's like, wait a minute. You you have all of these possessions, but you're not enjoying none of it. Other people that you bring around, they enjoy it more than you. And so you have to understand what are don't envy people. Don't be jealous of people. Like somebody, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day. And he was like, so you never been jealous of nobody? I was like, jealous. Jealous of what? Like, I don't, I, in honesty, all honesty, I don't like gossip. I don't like jealousy. And I don't envy. And so what I mean by that is anytime I ever seen it, I always expose it. Be like, man, you hating on him. How you going to talk about a man that's not even present? What type of man is you? Like, that ain't no man. That's some female tendency. Now, you're acting like an Adam. Because that's what Adam did. He was passive. So, don't, like, that right there is some of the number one reason why I don't, um, I don't, uh, you know, I, I just don't focus on it. I'm not a jealous type of person ever i've never been like a jealous type of female i um been people have been jealous of me okay and i had to always pray about this because it was it was some people that i have really helped and they was jealous of me and it was very hard to have to overcome that because when people are jealous of you they just be jealous all the time and sometimes you don't even know when they jealous. And then it's really messed up when you see a man jealous of you when you a woman. I'm a woman. And it was men that was jealous of me. So I have other men come to me and tell me, man, you know dude is jealous of you. And I'm like, why? Why he jealous of me? What I do? <laughs> I ain't even did that. You know, so it's just like the, the gossip. It all is all start with the gossip. And so if you remove yourself from gossip, then you remove yourself from having to have people be jealous of you. And so I think for me, it's it's like a spirit that attacked me pretty much a lot in my life, a spirit of jealousy. People were jealous of me. Um, and I had to like really overcome that. And it was so hard. Like I can remember one time I was in high school and I always just to dress up in high school so this girl she was like oh i like your shoes and i like your coat but then somebody came up to me and they was like do you know right when you walked off she was talking about you like a dog 
Oh, yeah, for real? So now I'm like, okay, let me approach this situation now. What you had to say about me? So now I'm going over there about the fight. Then I'm thinking, okay, I always got to fight. I got to bing, 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 KO real quick. And so now I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that no more. So the older you get, it's like the less, the less you want to fight, the less problems you want to have. But when you're uh, always being attacked by a jealous spirit, it's like, well, wait a minute. Do I just have something written on the top of my head that say people should they just go ahead and be jealous of me? Why are you jealous of me? Don't I, this? It was so hard and difficult when I tell you. So another time I've dealt dealt with some jealousy is when um when I tell you that my well I used to win my hood. So I always rode in different type of cars, but really a lot of different foreign cars. And so I would go in the house or go into somebody's house that I know in my neighborhood, and I would come outside and my tires is slashed. It's like, ah, who slashed my tires? <laughs> oh my God. Like, who don't like me? Who don't like me? Tell me. Who? <laughs> so I would come outside and now my tires is slashed. Now, I don't know if it's a, a guy that could have, you know, liked me or was upset or what, but my tires is slashed now. Okay. So now I got to go get my tire fixed. Go go back over there another time. My tires is slashed again. So now I am now making it a habit of getting my tires fixed. Getting a new tire, a used tire. I'm like, okay, well, wait. See, now you know I was just here like four days ago. So now I need another tire. So now my tires are constantly was getting slashed. And it was it was getting uh bothersome. But what I'm saying is. When you are attacked by jealous people on the cons uh, cons all the time, you're you don't I don't have that type of jealousy in my heart because I know what jealousy what it makes you feel like. It made me feel like you know what did I do wrong? Why is he jealous of me? So he's jealous of me about the way I'm conducting business. Why is you jealous of the way I'm conducting business when you can conduct business the same way I'm conducting business? So I believe that, like I talked about before, um, like a long time ago, I had, you know, I had was into like selling drugs. And so I would sell drugs. Um, and I would think that it was it was cool because I was making money doing it and I would try to outdo my competition. I looked at selling drugs as a marketing, as a marketing uh tool. So it's like a business. That's how I was looking at it, like a business. And I was selling weed. And um, I just, God allowed me to let that go. And so when I moved um, from Chicago, I really had real intent on, you know, uh, getting me a, a, a license to grow. That was my main goal because I tried to get a license to grow. And I talked about this on another podcast. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because you can have wealth on this scripture, Ecclesiastes 6 and 2. God gives some people wealth, possessions, and honor, but they lack, and they would lack nothing that their heart desires, but God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them. And so strangers will enjoy it instead. And I believe it is this is because when you have, when you, when you can have a lot of stuff, 
you know, it's going to create jealousy. People are going to be jealous of you. They may be jealous of, because you're outspoken, because you are, uh, you know, honest about stuff, because you're more liked than them, because when you're in a room, you're standing out. You know, uh, it, it's a lot of different reasons why, you know, uh, people will be jealous. And I believe that when the people are wealthy and they have possessions and different honor and stuff like that, they're going, that is accompanied with jealousy. It is also going to be accompanied with slander. It's going to be accompanied with people hating on you and envy is towards you. So you're, you're going to have all of these things, but now you're still going to be missing components of your life that you wish that, you know, I, I just was hoping that this would be normal. You know, why can't you just be like cool without having to be jealous? Like what, what did I do to you to make me, make you jealous of me? How are you going to get mad if I don't want to shop and bad at from the store? How are you going to be mad? Cause I don't eat pork. Oh, I'm brand new. Cause I don't want to eat that. Who is you? We grew up together. You don't tell me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. This is what I choose not to do. So it's just, just because your choices are different. And just because you're living a different type of life than some people, they don't like it. And so you have to understand going back to Eve, that they're always going to be desires and, and they're always going to be things that is pleasing to your eye, but you shouldn't let that govern you. It shouldn't dictate your pace. It shouldn't influence you. It shouldn't be your driving force. It shouldn't sponsor your behavior. That's what I'm saying. So we, we as women, we have to let go of some of these things that is causing us to have friction, not in our lives and also in the lives of the men that are around us. Because see, God called Adam. You know, so God is going to be looking at your husband to progress. How are you going to progress past him? That's not going to work. You can't progress past him. So yes, opportunity is created for you. Yes, you have all of these advancements, but you can't progress past your husband. He is in your household. He is in your household. So you have confidence, but he should have lack of confidence. Just because the world desires that, doesn't equate to you having to support those type of ideologies, those type of ideas for your household. So God wants us to do better. And so I had come up with like a list of things here. It looks like the page had expired. So let me just log in here again. So I created a list of things that we could do as uh, women in order to combat some of these uh, problems that's going on and oh, I think I went too far up. Hold on a second. Mm. Okay, here we go. So as I talked about um yesterday with the strong black woman syndrome, in order for us to kind of like move forward out of the Eve qualities, right? Because Eve you want to separate yourself from that. You don't want to be a part of that. So just because you grew up in a family where you thought that being promiscuous was okay, it's not. I remember once I had, uh, when I was married, I had a top on and it was showing my cleavage. And my husband was like, you know, um, you, you should take that off and put something else on that's more suitable. 
You know what I'm saying? And it was like, okay, that it, my my natural response, normal response, automatic response was, okay, you're right. Let me go and find something else to wear. So it's it's just about you know like not just doing the things that you think is satisfying to you, but also doing things out of respect. It actually is more attractive to the man. Because a man, of course, he's going to want to be able to tell you what to do. Of course, it's just kind of like if you're intimate. When you're intimate, the man wants to be dominant. And then at times, he wants you to dominate. So it's like, okay, it's the same way in your relationship. But you are just there as a support system. Men are attracted to women that listen. Men, men are attracted to women that are submissive. Now, if you get a man who you think they just want to beat you up, I mean, he just wants you to beat him up and he like for a woman to control him. He like for a woman to lead him. He like for a woman to do everything. Then guess what? You're going to be on your own. Because God said... And, 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 uh, what is it? First Corinthians 11. Look, so let's look at this. God says in, um, first Corinthians 11 and three, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So the head of Christ is God. Think about this. We have we have the Trinity. Now the Trinity isn't actually mentioned in the Bible. It doesn't say Holy Trinity. It says the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we have concluded that that is a Trinity. And so the Father, which is God, the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So in order to get to the father, you have to do what? Come through the son, which is Jesus Christ. You're equipped to come to Jesus when you get equipped with the Holy Spirit. Of course, God is going to be in your life because he's in everybody until you silence him. It's your ability that you do. You the one that do, does that. You are the one who who shuts down the Holy Spirit and tell the Holy Spirit, oh no, so you don't want to listen to this. It's not making sense to you. It's not logical. It's not this. See, I don't want to do that. I want to fornicate like my ex said. He'd be like, well, see, God knew that we was going to fornicate. God already knew this. And I was like, well, but why would I want to keep doing it? Well, see, God know already. <laughs> I was like, what? You you trying to sit here and justify why you want to fornicate? Stop playing. So, no, 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 no. So, understand that this scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, 3, but I want you to realize that the head of every man, it didn't say the head of every woman, is woman. Okay. And I'm I'm throwing, I'm saying that again for the people that's in back of the room that can't hear me. Hear what the word of God is saying. Not what I'm saying. I'm speaking what the word says. So, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. That's man. Not woman. 
Not woman and woman, not man and man, okay? It says the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So you understand that, that in order to get to God, you have to come through Christ, Jesus Christ, which is the son. And so we come by our acknowledgement of him dying on the cross for our sins. And so guess what? When the man acknowledges that, the head of every man is Christ. Christ is leading him right to God. And so the head of a woman is man. And that is the order. It's God, man, woman order. You understand? And so God leads the man and the man leads the woman. Why? Why is that? Because of the attributes that God has gifted the man. The man come with a set of qualities that is came directly from God. God created the man. He has qualities the woman don't have. So if, if, if some of you men out here are still influenced by these eaves, don't get mad. When you end up losing your blessings. Because that's what happened to Adam. Adam had to go through a lot after that. He, he lacked in accountability. He said he was hiding from God. He made an excuse. He didn't answer the question from God. Who told you you were naked? He ignored that and said, the woman you put me here, she convinced me to eat the, from the tree. Blaming a woman. So if you find yourself making excuses, if you find yourself losing everything each time you try over and over and over again because you sitting here being led by a woman, don't wonder why your life being the way that it is. It's because you keep choosing Eve. Did God tell you that's who you should be with? God pre-warns us ahead of time. Don't be with the unequally yoked. And then we like, ah, see, I just, I just love this person. But you have to understand, you ain't going to move forward in life until that person moves forward. So you're going to keep losing and losing and losing. Why? Because you want to go to the eaves? Ah, no, no, no. And then when you tired of the Eve, you want to come to a woman that ain't no, there's not an Eve? Oh, no. Don't nobody want to be bothered with that. You still got them passive tendencies that you got from messing with the Eve. She didn't control and dictate your life so much, you don't even know how to think for yourself anymore. And see, me as being a woman, I'm, I'm going to be like, look, this is what's going on. Okay, I want us, like, please tell me, what do you think I should do with this? What should I do about that? I'm, I'm going to be going to the man for advice when it comes to business. Because I am a businesswoman. I've been a businesswoman my entire life. So that's like, okay, why why would I want to choose a man that's been contaminated by ease? Absolutely not. I don't know, no, no. 
So however long it take, I'm going to listen to what God is saying. So it's so important. I need you. You have to be believing in God. That's the number one thing. So you got to set your set your goals and comp, incorporate God in there. Include God in your decisions. Include God in your choices. And make sure that you're not just making decisions that's going to stop your blessing. Because see, God is already preparing you for a wife. God is already preparing this you for a husband. But you're not going to be ready because you're going to be contaminated with the eaves. And then some of y'all women are going to be contaminated with the Adams. Who is going to be like, look, I need you to tell me what to do. And oh, no, 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 no. How are we about to operate our business? What are we about to do? I don't got no. You understand? Because see, that, that's just the, the mindset. It's about to be the mind. Everything starts with a thought. And the thought was, Eve thought it was pleasing to her eye. It was desirable for wisdom. So you can't be with that. If you're going to keep on being with that, don't get upset. When you reap the benefits of those problems. Because, see, you think it's beneficial until you have to inherit those problems that's going to contribute to your lack of success. Because if you're with a woman that can't have a vision for your life the way God envisions your life, if you with somebody who don't have the same focus and energy that God is giving you through the power of the Holy Spirit, then guess what? What, what you think? She's not built for that. So you have to wait until she grows out of her E tendencies. Because unless she's willing to unlearn some of these things, she's going to continue to be who and what? The Eve. That she's accustomed to seeing. And then she going to be listening to the other Eves. All them other Eves that sit up there and talk about how they want somebody else's husband. Because she don't feel like she's worthy of her own. So you have to understand what is really damaging the culture. It is the women. So going back here to, I don't know why I keep doing this to me. So going back here to the article that, um, of the American, um, no, that was, that was the book I was recommending. So I said yesterday, let me go to the question that I have here. In what ways have strong black women been able to control the narrative for the minority household. So the ways that strong black women, which is also the strong black woman syndrome that I've already talked about yesterday. If you want to go and listen to that, you can go and listen to that. Um, it is also called the superwoman schema. Okay. And so this is a this is a the strong black woman syndrome is basically a woman who feels that she's the chief caretaker for everyone in her life. And um, basically the way, the way that uh, Marita Golden, she's a black author, the way she narrates it is the syndrome calls on black women to be the problem solvers and chief caretakers 
for every everyone in their lives never buckling never feeling vulnerable and never bothering with their pain so what you have to understand is in order for us to have a greater relationship with god you have to learn what it means to be vulnerable your vulnerability allows you the opportunity to have an intimate, close relationship with God. And many people, I remember when I used to say intimate relationship with God. What does that mean? I'm thinking intimate means like, wait, wait, you saying that don't make sense. But intimate, what it means is you're having a direct connection with God. You're building a relationship with God. That is an intimate relationship. So when they say intimate, they're referring to you being vulnerable to God. Can you open up to God? See, you can't do something in your relationship with God that you're not doing in your everyday life. If you are always the superwoman, when do you allow yourself to be vulnerable? So this is a this going to be like an extra long topic, vulnerability. I know I'm kind of shifting focus a little bit, but not too much. So I just want you all to understand something. We as women, we need to have vulnerability. It's okay. I remember one time I was I was sitting there and I was talking to my uh my boyfriend and I started crying. I just started busting bursting out crying. And he was like, Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And I was like, because it's like, you know, I'm just trying so hard. And, you know, my daughter, she she just was not listening to me. My daughter was stressing me out. And it felt like I was going to have a heart attack. And it's like, I'm always strong for everybody. And I was it's like, my daughter, she was in this uh, private university. And I had got all these loans and stuff for her, get, getting the scholarships. And this school costs a lot of money for her to go there and um it has a lunch program you have to have like pay for tickets which is like ten dollar meal tickets and you get like 620 tickets with the package deal and stuff so like she was just going it was like so much overbearing to me my daughter was just she if i felt like she didn't care and i love my baby that's my only daughter and it's that's my firstborn and it's like, I want to see the best for her. I want her to be everything that she says she wants to be. And I want to support her all the way, all the way until she finished from the beginning, middle, and end. So I was sitting up there and I was just crying. And it's like, this is really like my first time crying to him. Because I really take things to God and I leave it there. Because I had to learn how to be back vulnerable. So once you leave in a marriage, once you no longer married um, because of like abuse and stuff like that, and I'll get into that later on, but um, you you don't want to be vulnerable like that. It's like, uh-uh, I don't want to know. You, you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to do this to me. But you have to understand that being vulnerable, it doesn't mean that just because you went through something in one relationship it doesn't equate to you having to go through that same experience with someone else. So God don't want you carrying your burdens on to the next person, which is why he says in his word to forgive. So let, let's talk about this for a minute. Because forgiveness 
and vulnerability is directly correlated. And so let let's see. Uh, I don't know why I do this. Keep on popping up. Okay, so let me pull this scripture up. So, um, when you go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. Okay, so I, I didn't want to look at it through the King James Bible. Actually, y'all want to pull this up on Bible Hub. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go from verse 20 to verse 23. Let's see if we pull up Bible Hub. That way I can look at the different translations for that. Oh, and I wanted to talk about the translations too for a moment since I'm on that. Um, uh, they have the different translations is meant for us to all understand it from a different perspective. Not everyone has the ability to, to read things and understand and comprehend them. So the different translations, I believe that God allowed these different translations because it is supposed to help people that really um, didn't understand how to read and also it gives them the ability to be able to have the opportunity to be able to still read the bible even though they couldn't read and so that's what i believe that i believe everything happens for the good of the purpose of them who love god and those that are called according to his will so there are a lot of people that kind of dispute different translations but i'm going to look at bible hub they always have a bunch of different translations and so this is just a good way to um you know look on bible hub to see which bible would do you think that you would prefer to read you know look at these different translations which ones appeal to you which ones do you understand better than the other so we in matthew um 18 and 20 what did that why did it just go i didn't i had another verse up Okay, so it doesn't look like it's going to pull that up on Bible Hub. So let me just go to um, Bible Gateway. Okay, so it says, uh, Matthew 18, it says, The parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So understand this. I actually I'm read the full chapter on this because I want to read about the whole servant, and maybe I can end with that tonight. Um. So when it says to forgive seventy times seven, seventy seven times, that means even if it's for the same thing, because it doesn't say forgive seven times, but seven seventy seven times for for. You know, it doesn't say. So that means that the Bible, the, the word of God, what it tells me in this scripture is that we are to forgive a person 70 times 7, even if it's for the same thing. That's what my interpretation is. You have a different interpretation. Please share it in the comments because on each blog, I have comments and you could just share that information. Okay. Um, but we supposed to forgive people 70 times seven. 
So I guess I have grown accustomed uh, to just being around people who, when they do mess up, it's just a norm to me. It was just a part of my lifestyle. Like, okay, it's like, ah, uh, okay, I know you're going to mess up again. So <laughs> it's like, I still love you though, you know, like, um, that's just how it is. So when you, when you're around people and you love them, and they do something wrong to you say like say for instance like me and my family we don't always see out of eye um and when we're when i say out of eye that means that we're not always agreeing with each other on certain things and so when i'm sitting there and i am talking to my uncle about something he may be screaming and hollering at me and may talk about me like a dog to somebody else or he's upset and so i really don't I don't call my mom brothers uncles, and I don't really call my mom's uh, sisters aunties. Um, but it is a couple of them that I do call uncle. Okay, and so what I'm saying is, my uncle may need some help, and you know, it's like if he need help with his car, I don't care. We just got into like a physical fight. It doesn't matter. I'm going to help my uncle get to that job. So if I got $1,000 or $1,500, there you go, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So it's about like just being that support system. So the way that it is in my family, I, I grew up like pretty much in a brutally honest like type of family. Okay, my dad is the one of the most, he was one of the most brutally honest men that you would ever encounter. All right. And so... You know, um, it's not about what people say to you. So when they say certain things, you got to let it slip through underneath your skin. It ain't it. It don't matter. Okay. <laughs> people are going to talk about you. They're going to say things about you. You know, you just don't let it affect you. Your mind needs to be strong. It, just simple as that. Um, so when you think about someone doing something to betray you so just say for instance like with my ex somebody uh she this girl she came to me she said you know i want to i want to date your uh boyfriend i know you don't mess with him but i just i want him now is it is that okay and i was like uh yeah but then no no uh you know so it's like okay yeah i agree it's cool i ain't tripping go ahead and do whatever you're gonna do so it's really about that respect level. But then again, now I'm seeing them together. And it was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to keep seeing y'all together. Don't, don't be together when you're around me. Okay? Because that ain't going to work out right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to end up having a fight with you. And that's what ended up having. Well, well, that's what ended up happening. But what I was saying was um that type of life is not something that god wanted me to be into so god delivered me from that god set me free from that type of thinking because yes i was mature but but that wasn't the type of maturity that god wanted me to have god want me to just be in a, in a marriage with one person see i really didn't get married to get a divorce i thought it was like i was in it for the long haul forever you know it's like after that it's like I experienced what freedom was feeling like, you know, like, oh, okay. So now it's men out here, you know, <laughs> and it's like a bunch of different men and they all was looking nice. Not every single one, but I'm just saying that was like my perspective. Like now I could pick and choose which one I like. 
okay. And now I'm not like committed to any of them. And so now that's when the thought of Eve came in my mind. Like, okay, this is pleasing and desirable. Now I can just be free and I don't have to make any commitments. And so thinking that that was okay, that wasn't okay. Because then when you're like involved in like, see, because the way I used to think is I needed two boyfriends to make sure that when one of them act up, I had the other ones to replace. So I have both of them. So like, okay, well, you know, I'm just ain't going to deal with you today. And then now I got my other boyfriend. I ain't got to think about it. So it's two. So I got one man. I got another man. You get on my nerves. I'm going to go to the other man. This one get on my nerves. I'm going back to him. That's the way it worked. Okay. That's the way I was living. And so that's the way I thought it should have been. But God doesn't want me to be that way because sometimes people, they feelings get hurt. And, you know, it's not a good thing to be like that. And that's not the way that God wants us to be. God created Adam and then he created Eve as a helpmate to Adam. And so what that means is that he, God had created everything else. Like the pastor, uh, Brad talked about a couple weeks ago and he said, God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. Now, everything else God created, it was good. He created the heavens, the earth, the animals, every sea creature, creature crawling on the ground, everything. Everything was good. Night and day was good. Everything was good. But it was not good for man to be alone. And so you have to understand that God wants us to be positioned in the position that God has given us. Not the position that you think you should be in. Or the position that you want to be in. Or, you know, God created the woman to be a very specific helpmate to someone. And that simple is that. And so, when you go through life and then you start doing things and contrary to what God has planned, then that's when you're going to get into all these different issues and then some problems and stuff like that. And so, God wants us to be able to know that even when things don't turn out right, you still forgive people 70 times 7, even if it's for the same thing. So just because you went through this relationship that was an abusive relationship, uh, a relationship of infidelity, I don't really like, like, you don't include that into your next situation. Because that just might be the husband that God is bringing into your life to help you. And to help you move forward in your walk and to help you move forward in the mission or the will and plan that God has for you. So it's so, it's imperative. It's very, very important that you forgive people and you let it go because you can't transition if you blaming the next person for somebody else's mistake. Everyone isn't the same. They may, we are all innately similar. We are similar. But we are different. And so your level of, of, of pain, you know, that next person is you can't you can't condemn them for what you endured. So why bring it up? If it isn't to glorify God in that situation and talk about how God delivered you and how God set you free from the situation. Then why are you talking about it? So God delivered me. 
he set me free from then going from an abusive marriage that had problems to then going into uh relationships that was that was in uh promiscuous and just filled with lust right and then now god is delivering me to being celibate and now i'm fully committed in my walk with christ and so that feels good all right so let me go ahead and end tonight i know it's a lot more i need to discuss and hopefully i'll be able to get there i'm not sure when it'll be like towards the end but i just know for sure it's so much information when it comes to women's health so let me go ahead and pray and I just want to let everyone know that what I'm saying here today, it isn't to condemn anybody because God is the true judge. God is going to judge you. God is going to judge me. He's going to judge all of us. But it really is the point that we need to be able to identify the areas where we are contributing to the problems in our community, to the problems in our household. And we need to take back the blessings that God has in gift that God has gifted us with because God has gifted us to have blessings. God want us to be happy. God want our children to be blessed. He want the men in that if you love your family, that means you want all the men in your family to succeed. You want all of your cousins to do good, all of your uncles to do good, all of your male friends to do good. So why not make sure that the men in your life is doing good? This is all what God wants for us. So let me go ahead and pray. So Father God, we just come boldly before your throne. We thank you so much for giving us your word today. And God, I just pray that you continue to use me in whatever area that you need to use me, whatever it takes, God. And I just say yes to you, God. And we just, I just pray that you allow everyone's heart to be softened so that we can just like fully grasp and understand what we need to do, God. And I pray that you reshape what has been broken and shattered in our communities with these broken window models, God, and with broken window theories that has been placed and stipulated on the communities and underserved and underprivileged neighborhoods. God, I pray that you intervene, God. Give them divine intervention, Lord God. Allow us to have miracles to take place. That allow our communities that that are struggling, God, and going through separation and that are filled with these single parent households god i just pray we pray right now that you intervene on their behalf god that you stand in the gap we stand in the gap right now for them god we just ask that you just take back to take back everything god take it back god bring your children back to your kingdom god bring them back to your blessings lord god allow them to grab a hold of your love allow them to hold on to your grace god allow them to be attached to you god allow them to be attached to your holy spirit god intervene in our communities in these underserved and underprivileged neighborhoods god and allow them to see what the plan is that you have for them the plans from breakthrough to breakthrough to breakthrough the plan that that you have for glory to glory to glory and glory the plans that you have for them to walk into one open door to the next open door and all these open doors for them god we just thank you right now that your plan will and purpose be fulfilled god we we condemn and cancel every word curse every satanic tongue spoken against them in jesus name every soul tie in jesus name every 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 satanic soul tie lord in the name of jesus we just ask that you just break off those relationships that is hindering your communities the community